and in a different direction uh, version of this. So tonight we're looking at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Last week we touched on who Jesus was preaching to, how he had prepared himself. The Bible says in verse 1 that when he was set, his disciples came unto him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Tonight we're going to pick up in verse 3 and verse 4. He says, Blessed are the pure, poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now Jesus is teaching to multitudes of people who followed him out of the city. The Bible says that he came to the mountain. He went up into a mountain. And so he's, he's not necessarily talking to the rulers of the city here. He's talking to people who most likely are poor financially. He's talking to people who most likely have some kind of ailment or who he has healed who, or who desire healing. And if you turn over to Luke in chapter number 6, we read a little bit about this. He, he went out, chapter number 6, verse number 17. He came down and stood there in the plain, and the company of his disciples and a great multitude out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. So we see piles and piles and piles of people showing up to see Jesus, but they're not just coming to see and to hear Jesus. It's like coming to church only for the preaching. If you come to church only for the preaching, you're missing a lot of the service. And man, I don't remember who that was talking about COVID and all of the uh, the the drive up and, and drive through. And it, it, it wasn't the same because you, you may have got to the, the, the preaching and you may have heard the preaching, but you were missing all the rest of the part of service. These people were coming to Jesus for their healing and they were missing, they were missing everything else about it. It said, and they were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. In verse 19 of Luke in chapter 6, the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Every one of them healed. So we know that the people who followed him were not all the best and the brightest and the prominent people of the city. I'm sure there was a mix of all of them, but a lot of them, were desiring of Jesus that he should heal them. They weren't necessarily looking to be taught. And then Jesus opened his mouth. He lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Now Matthew said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Luke said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. So which did Jesus say? Which is Jesus talking about? Blessed are the financially poor or blessed are the broken in spirit? We see two accounts. They call it two different things. The Bible does not contradict itself. I believe that God allowed Matthew and Luke to write two different versions for our benefit. Matthew said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit, if, if you go back to the, uh, before it was translated in Greek, poor means two different things. One is financially poor, not having a whole lot. The other is to be broken, distressed, hopeless, in need. Uh, one commentary that I was reading uh, said uh, he likened it to spiritual bankruptcy. And I really like that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are broken to the point that they realize that their hope lies in one place and one place only. Blessed are they who cannot help themselves. Blessed are the poor in spirit. At which point did you get saved? 
whenever you thought you could do it yourself or whenever you realized you couldn't? At what point does, do we allow God to help us? Whenever we exhaust all of our resources and we realize that God's the only option? At what point are we the most likely to be used of God? Whenever I got this, get out of my way, I can do it. Or whenever we say, God, I can do nothing. I am yours. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. I believe that he is talking about spiritual bankruptcy. Blessed are those who are broken to the point that I can use them. Several times in the Bible, it is mentioned that the uh, analogy of the potter and the clay. Whenever the potter would sit there and, and make and make and make and make and, and whenever it would be totally and completely jacked up, it would take and crush it, break it, ball it back up, and start over again. It would break it. Whenever you lift weights, whenever you work, whenever you work out, your muscles are literally breaking. Your muscles are coming to pieces. And then you go eat protein and it builds them back together and it builds them bigger. That's the process of, of muscular regeneration. But in order for them to grow, they have to be broken. In order for us to spiritually grow, we have to get to the point that we understand that we can spiritually do nothing and that that place in our life, we are spiritually poor. <laughs> Blessed are them, uh, excuse me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? I don't believe that Jesus was talking about the literal heaven. I believe that metaphorically he was talking about the power that comes with the kingdom of heaven. Whenever God uses us, whenever we're to the point that we can allow him to use us, what power do we go forth into the world with? What dwells within us who are saved? Holy Spirit, simple enough. So whenever God sends us into the world, he sends us in the power of his word and his spirit. The Holy Spirit being part of the Trinity of God, we know him as a triune God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Therefore, whenever we go into this world, by the power of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide, allowing God to work his way in our life, we are going with the power of the kingdom of heaven. For ours is the kingdom of heaven, if we are broken to the point that God can use us. Now can we say, I got this, it's me, I'm, I'm all over it. <coughs> At that point, we get the glory out of it, we desire the glory out of it, we're doing it for selfish reasons, and, and God can't. So he said, blessed are the poor, the broken, the distressed, the hopeless, those in need, and those who recognize they're in need. Luke chapter number one, if you want to turn over, you can. I'll read to you if you don't want to. Let's read a little bit about the spirit that dwells within us. Luke chapter number one, verse number 46. Mary... Come and meets Elizabeth. And they're talking. We understand Mary's mother, Jesus, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Verse 46 of Luke 1. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. The spirit was rejoicing within her. Mark, excuse me, Matthew chapter number 26. 
Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 26, verse number 41. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He told them several times. He said, sit here and pray. Uh, sit here while I go pray. And then he came back and he said, why, why can't you watch with me this one hour? Verse 41, he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. God's spirit is willing to work his will and way within us, but we are weak. God is willing, but we are dummies. God is willing, the spirit is willing, the spirit is able, but we're the knuckleheads that won't let him. We're the ones who won't follow directions. We're the ones who say, no, God. We're the ones who say, oh, we, we just, we, we can't do this. We're the ones that say, uh, I, I'm too busy. I got too much going on. We're the ones that say, God, I can do this by myself. We're the ones who, who is like the man who came to preach one time and said, preacher, pray for me. I've done everything else I can do. There's nothing left to do but pray. Preacher said, you got it all backwards. He said, you start with prayer. He said, you start with God. And then all these other hoops that you jump through, you don't have to jump through them. Because God's already done it. God's already seen it. God's already conquered it all. A lot of times we'll, we'll get to the point that we exhaust all our resources. And then we say, God, God, I'm here and I can't do anything. Help me. And God says, well, I'd have helped you way back when if you'd let me. Can you imagine? Most of you here have raised kids. Can you imagine how God must look at us sometimes? Last night, Bailey was running through the house, just running, delirious, almost bedtime, trying real hard not to go to sleep. And she was running, 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 running. Boom! She smacked the door jam. Just didn't see it. Just wham! Knocked her down. I said, I'll kiss it, make it better. I kissed her on the forehead. Okay! She jumped up. Here she goes again. Me and Emily just sitting here shaking our head, knowing here comes another door jam. Can you imagine? That's got to be how God feels sometimes. Watching us run and run and run and run and boom, hit a door jam. Run and run and run and run and boom, the socks just slip right out from under us. And here we go, splattering across the floor. When all we had to do was listen. When all we had to do was say, God, I can't do this, you have to. When all we had to have was that broken that poor, that distressed, that hopeless, that in need, that spirit that knows that we can't do anything without him. And it is that spirit that inherits the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Psalm chapter 34, verse 18 says, the Lord is nigh unto them. The Lord is with them. The Lord is right there with you, those of a broken heart. And he saves and saveth such that are of a contrite spirit, a broken spirit, a humble spirit, a spirit that is able to be used. Can you use? Let me use another example. In coaching basketball, there are two types of players. There are players that want it really, 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 really bad. And they'll listen to everything their coach says and do everything the coach says, but they're not gifted with natural ability. And then there are those who are gifted with all the ability in the world and are uncoachable. Most of the time, these two are on the same team. And you ask most any coach, and they would rather someone that does not have the natural ability but works hard and listens than they would have that player 
who has all the ability in the world and is uncoachable. Because until they are to the point that they will listen, they're not benefiting the team at all. They're just there. It's, it's, it's a one-man show. And one-on-five does not work out. In football, one-on, I don't know, 11, 12, however many they play, does not work out. Us against the world does not work out whenever we don't have God with us. Whenever we don't allow God to, to, to rule and reign in our life. Isaiah, let's go read that. Isaiah chapter number 57. Isaiah 57, verse number 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth the eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Now he says that, and he's talking about God, whose name is holy. I dwell, God dwells in a high and holy place with him. Now, that's not talking about God. He's talking about people with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit to receive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. God dwells with those who have a humble and contrite spirit, those who are broken. We used to have two horses when I worked at Tech. They were sisters. We called them the Twisted Sisters. One had a C on her head pointing this way. The other had a C on her head pointing this way. They were terrible horses. They were wonderful horses, but they were terrible horses. So what we would do anytime we needed to use those horses, we would tie them to the back of a truck, and we would ride around a fixed seven. It's called fixed seven acre pasture. We'd ride around this fixed seven acre pasture, round and round and round and round, burn three quarters of a tank of gas. We'd ride around that pasture for an hour until these horses were just dripping in sweat. Then they were ready to be rode. Because if you just jumped on them, they weren't broke yet. They were still stubborn. They still thought that they were boss. You, you had to wear them out. You had to break them. God don't want to break us for the purpose of hurting us. He wants to break us for the purpose of obedience. He wants to break us for the purpose of fear. He wants to break us for the purpose of using us. He wants to break us for the purpose of fixing us. He wants to break us for the purpose of, forgive the use of this phrase, to build us back better. That's what he wants to do. God wants to build back better. But we have to be broken first. Go back to Matthew. Chapter number 23. Still looking at the blessed or the poor in spirit. Matthew chapter number 23, verse number 11. But he that is greatest among you, words of Christ, he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Let me read that again. He that is the greatest among you, he that thinks the most of himself, who he who is puffed up, he that exalteth himself, shall be abased, shall be brought low, shall be your servant, shall be broken. There's a song. I heard it again today on the radio. 
not on radio, it was on my phone, I think. Anyway, the name of the song is Everybody Talks to God. And the song goes like this. There's a man sitting in a diner and the man bows his head to pray and the man in the booth next to him says, don't you know you're wasting your breath, you're wasting your time, nobody's listening. And a man looked over at him and he said, everybody talks to God. He said, a, a farmer in a field praying for rain. He said, people at a, a graveside fussing because they lost a loved one. Or he said, that meeting in eternity, judgment day, everybody talks to God. Everybody is broken. Everybody shall be humbled. The Bible says every knee shall bow. Every person will realize their place. Bottom of the barrel next to Jesus Christ. The question is whether we do it here or there. The question is whether we do it here where God can use our life or there where we've already wasted our life. Go back to Matthew chapter number five. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If we will allow God to use us, if we will allow God to work in us, if we will allow our spirit to be broken, if we will realize and recognize that spiritually we are nothing without him, if every kind of way, emotionally, physically, astronomically, every L-Y that you can add to it don't mean anything if we don't have God. It don't amount to a hill of beans. Nothing at all zeros across the board. Verse number four, it says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Job chapter five. Job talks about even in his sorrow, God was still there. Even in his pain, God was still his comforter. Again, Jesus is talking to normal people. He's talking to people who were uh, sick. He was talking to people who lost loved ones. He's talking to people that, that have really been through it. And he said, blessed are they that mourn. And while I was kind of studying on this subject, I, I read something and it made a lot of sense to me. I don't remember who said it. Maybe Matthew Henry. Anyway, he said, we grieve, we grow, and we go. And I really like that. He said, we grieve, we grow, and we go. So why is it, why are we blessed if we mourn? Why are we blessed if we're sorry? Building, I believe that this is in order for a reason. In Sunday school, we had to memorize the Beatitudes. I don't remember them all. But we had to memorize them, and I believe they're in here for a reason. Building on our mental recognition that we are spiritually bankrupt, that, that we are spiritually in poverty, Jesus adds an emotional response to that. Whenever we realize that we're nothing without God, that should be a place that we mourn at. That should be a place that we hit our knees. That should be a place... That emotions get involved. And Jesus threw emotions on top of this. He said, blessed are the poor, the broken in spirit. And then he said, blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. He throws a promise in at the end of this. What is more comforting than knowing God is with you? What is more comforting than knowing that the battles that are coming, God is going to fight? What's more comforting than knowing that whenever your kids drive off in that truck, that God is watching them. What is more comforting than knowing them whenever your kids go off to college that God is watching? What is more comforting than knowing whenever you lay down your eyes, regardless of whether your alarm is on and your door is locked, God is watching you. God is taking care of you. What is more comforting than knowing whenever you click that seatbelt, 
that God has got you on this road. What is more comforting than knowing that? Whenever we spiritually get to the point that we are broken and, in, and realize that we are in need of God, that's the place that we realize that we are helpless and hopeless without Him. That is the place of comfort. That is the place where the Spirit comes in. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you without help. And that's the Spirit that comes within us whenever we are saved. He said, we grieve, we grow from the situation, and then we go. Almost every person that Jesus healed in the Bible, with the exception of a very select few, they left Christ. Right? He healed them. They left. The vast majority of them went and told other people about it. Whatever it is they went through, whatever it is they experienced with Christ, they went and told other people about it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are broken. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Whenever we are broken to the point that we give in, we surrender, we submit to him, I believe that that goes back to salvation as well. Without a broken spirit, I don't believe a man can get saved. I don't believe it. Because without a broken spirit, without an humble spirit, there's still a sliver of thought in their mind that I can figure out a way to do this. Figuring out salvation, trying to figure out salvation, sent a lot of people to hell. Trying to wrap their head around salvation, sent a lot of people to hell. Because it's not about figuring out, it's about getting to the point that you realize, God, I can't figure it out. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's not about what I can figure out. It's not about what I can think. It's about what you can do through me. God, use me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, that whenever they get to this point, they experience an emotional response to to this brokenness. Now, I'm not saying that you have to cry. I don't, I don't cry very often. But I believe that there is an emotional response involved. There is an emotional aspect to this. And because of that, Jesus said, for they shall be comforted. This is a promise from God that whatever we go through, whatever we mourn, whatever breaks us, that from that point, we have the opportunity to grow. Every year we prune back crepe myrtles and azaleas. And, uh, I do peach trees and apple trees. What happens whenever you prune them back? What does that do? Does that kill them? For every gray hair you pluck out, how many grows back? Ten. All right. I was thinking two. Whatever we're, I guess we'll see. God prunes us. God breaks us to make us grow. And like the man said, we, we grieve, we grow, and we go. We tell other people about it. Does anybody have a question, comment, something they want to ask?